Welcome to the Faith Christian Church Podcast. You're listening to a message from one of our many gatherings that we have throughout the week. For more information on service times, ways that you can be a part of the work that God is doing in our communities, and so much more, you can visit our website at faithchristianwi.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Uh, one of the things I love about New Year's is everybody who makes their New Year's resolution. I have personally never made a New Year's resolution and probably never will, just out of spite. So if that's fair enough, <laughs> I, figure, I figure if I can't change it during the year, what's that one magical day going to do the difference for me? So I should probably just, uh, just change it when it needs to be changed and move forward from there. However, it's not bad to have goals for the year and it's not bad to have resolutions. Um, but one of the things that I find really ironic, I used to work at the Walmart distribution center and we ship food. And it was always really fun because we ship meat and produce, and we also ship candy out of our department. And so all December long, all November and December long, we shipped so much meat and potatoes and Nestle Toll House butterscotch and, and mint and chocolate chip and all this junk. January 1st comes and rolls around, and them limes that have been sitting there for six months start going out like crazy. <laughs> and the lemons and the grapefruit, and it's like... Nobody's bought grapefruit in months. <laughs> it's like everybody's eating lettuce and all these good things. It's like, give it a month. We'll be back to meat and potatoes and candy. <laughs> it's like, you know, and you can tell when the New Year's resolutions start, everybody's life change. You know, it, it it's unfortunate that we, we kind of go back and forth as a society and, and we don't have the obedience to, or the discipline to kind of commit to things. But it just makes me laugh. I smile every, every year that happens. I think that's fun. It's good, yeah. Eat those limes. Throw them out after you decide you want to go back to candy. Anyway, <laughs> um, but we look forward to that. But a lot of times in life, we, we make resolutions at New Year's, and we have great intentions, and we had good purpose. And so this entire month, we're going to be talking about roots. And what we're really talking about is, is the depth and the basic, basic needs of our faith. What does it look like to really have a solid foundation? You know, Jesus said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to build a life, you need to build on him. He is the solid rock. To build on other things is as if to build your house on sand, and when the troubles come and, and the storms come, your house will be washed away and smashed and unrecoverable. But if you would build on the rock, he told us in that parable, then you would withstand the storms. And so we're going to talk about roots this month, uh, and we're going to talk about what the balance of life is this morning. We really want to talk about getting the balance right, and all of this month we're kind of going to be focusing on the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to break it down a little bit this morning. Um, but before we read that, I kind of want to talk about roots. What do roots look like, right? Anybody ever seen the root system of a tree, right? We should have gotten to see a lot of those this last fall. There was a lot of trees that fell over because of all the rain we had, and the ground got soft. But a couple of interesting things that, that I love about plants and the way that they grow is, is uh, certain plants in particular, like alfalfa plants is one of them, and, and different crops and trees and different things like that. What you see above ground with a plant, Typically, with certain plants, there's two times the amount of network and growth happening under the soil that you don't see. In order for that, in order for that plant to be able to stand and be stable and, and pull in the nutrients it needs, there needs to be more under the soil than anything that's ever above. And I, I find that so fascinating to me, and I love the way that God's kind of knit the entire world together and the earth together and the way plants grow and animals live and all of these things that we see happen. And so a lot of times, with roots, there's two times above ground, or below ground, that's above ground. And one of the things, you know, I grew up as a 90s child, right? Woo! <laughs> there really wasn't anything, you know, you got the 70s, you know, you got the 80s with rock music, and the 60s, you know, and I had all the craziness. and everything. Every generation kind of has their thing, you know, now we have the millennials and technology. The 90s, we had nothing. We had horrible fashion, not really 
I mean, the Packers had a good run, right? You know, <laughs> that was about all that happened in the 90s for us. But the 90s were kind of just, blah. And so anyway, but growing up in the 90s, <laughs> one of the things I remember is uh, a lot of the Roundup commercials that used to be on TV. And their big, their big slogan, you know, Roundup is, we go after the root, right? It's after the root. We're not like any other weed control. We don't just go after what's above ground. We go after what's below ground. And so that was Roundup's kind of big thing, and it was how they kind of, you know, sold their product. And so a lot of times in our life, if you want to kill something, you have to go after the root. But on the same time, if you want to grow something, you have to feed the roots. And you have to nourish them. You have to give fertilizer, and you have to do the right things. If you want to kill something, go after the root. If you want to bring life to something, feed the roots. And so this morning, we're going to talk about feeding our roots but a lot of times in life, in order for us to get these things right, you know, we hear as the New Year's resolution happens and people do those things, everybody, everybody people's lives, uh, I love our, our associate pastor, Pastor Aaron, he's kind of a disorganized person, like he's just not organized, that's just not who he is. He spoke this last Sunday, uh, and he knows this, don't worry, I'm not saying anything I wouldn't say to his face. <laughs> so he's kind of a disorganized person. And so I, we were out fishing yesterday, ice fishing, and Aaron's got lots of ice fishing gear. He's really gotten into it this last year, and I've hunted with Aaron. He loves to do those things, and, and I know the chaos of his life. And he takes a fishing hook off, and he's switching out yesterday, and he opens up this case, and it's like everything is in perfect order and numbered and labeled, and he strategic, surgically puts this hook back in its place, and everything is phenomenal and just perfect. I looked at him, and I said, you know, Aaron, you're disorganized in a lot of areas in your life, but when it comes to your hunting and fishing gear, you turn into a whole new person. He goes, well, yeah, things you care about, you care for. <laughs> and so you know, he closes it up and puts it back, and he's got all of his gear is you know, perfectly in place, and he, he has everything is just in order. And so it's very true. The things that we care about are the things that we keep need and we keep order in our lives. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about putting our life in balance, and there's an order to things. And so I want to tell you a story this morning before we get into our scripture verse. But I want to tell you this morning a story. Uh, when Jess and I first got married, so my wife and I got married, and then two months after we uh, had been married, we got pregnant with our first son, Isaiah. And Isaiah, uh, you know, nine months later, everything was good, and he came along. But just before Isaiah came along, you know, we did the, the exciting thing. We went out and we bought him a new crib, right? I got that crib home. comes in a million and a half pieces, which is really fun. And I, I, you know, being a young, a young man and a young dad and a, a young husband, you know, I, I found myself to be a fairly handy person. I'm not incapable. I can do those things. I grew up on a farm, you know, seven, eight, nine rolls of duct tape in. I can get it figured out, you know. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I set out to do was to put this crib together, you know, and, and it was all labeled and had the instructions. I'm not, you know, at the time, being young and ignorant, I wasn't big on instructions. You know, Jess is like, well, do you want me to read you the instructions? Like, nah, throw them away. I don't need them. You know, half hour later, you're in there. You're like, what does this go? You know? <laughs> and so I got through putting the, the crib together, got it all done, and I was so, so proud of it. And I was like, okay, I got it right. I got the order right. Everything is here. Jess walks in, and she goes, that one's on backwards. I said, it is not. And then I looked at it, and sure enough, the label for like A2 or whatever piece it was is on the inside of the crib. And I just, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I just take the label off. It's like, you won't know the difference. So the entire time we had that crib, that was backwards. I wasn't about to change it. But there's an order to things, right? And in our lives, there's an order to things. In our walk with God, there's an order to things. There's a balance to our lives. And we need to strike that balance. And this morning, I want to read to you Matthew 6, 9 through 13. I want to read it, and actually we can all say it together because it's just the Lord's Prayer. So will you say it with me? It's going to be up on the screens here. It says, pray, 
then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive yeah, our debtors. There you go. It's kind of small back there. Man, that's tight to see. Anyway. <laughs> and I want to break this down this morning. And what we're really going to look at today is the beginning of this prayer. And it says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's three parts that we're going to focus on this morning. And the first part is our Father in heaven. And what this part is of this scripture verse is this is God's person, Right? This is who he is. And the reason Jesus gave us this kind of model of prayer is because other times, if we didn't really have this, and I know I kind of use this for my own personal prayer life, but I think if we didn't have this, what happens is, is we run to God with this running list of problems we have. And we forget to acknowledge who he really is. We instantly go to the things that are wrong. You know, we start our prayers, oh God, I need this. I need, I need, I want. Can you please come through? Help me, help me, help me. But I think it's really important in our lives. God wants to hear those things. He, he wants to fulfill our needs. But I think one of the things that's important for us is to get the order right. The first things in our life are not the things that face us. They're not the problems we have. They're easy to put first because they stare us in the face all the time, because they knock at the door, because they aggravate you. You know, this last week we had our son Isaiah had a problem with his foot. And, and so we took him, you know, we, we prayed for him first. And it kind of came out of nowhere, and his foot had gotten swollen and had fluid, and he couldn't even walk on it. And we went through this entire week, and it's really hard to do other things. You know, as somebody in our family like that is struggling and hurting, it's the thing that faces you all the time. And then when you think about your time with God and you think about praying, I'd sit down, and and that would just be the thing on my mind, and it would be the thing I'd want to ask God for constantly. And God wants to hear that and wants to hear my heart. But I think there's an order to things. And first of all, we need to recognize who God is, our Father in heaven. And what this does is it gets the spotlight off of me and my problems. And it puts it back on him where it needs to be. And it says, God, you're still God. I want to recognize that fact first and foremost. God, you are the king. You are our father who sits in heaven. I do want to tell you this morning, for all of you who have prayed for us, Isaiah is doing much better. He is walking on his foot. Uh, The doctors still have no idea, but the good news is I don't need to know why. I just need to know that God healed him, and God's doing it. So we're thankful for that. Uh, And Isaiah's getting a lot better, so we are so thankful for that. But the first part of this this scripture verse is his person. We need God in our hearts. And Jesus set this prayer up in in such a way, I think, so that it allows us to put our focus back on him. It allows us to get the first thing first, right? To keep the main thing the main thing. So the number one thing is his person. We need him in our hearts. And the second thing, you know, after our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is God's name. This is who he is. That's part of his person. And the second thing is your kingdom come. And what is his kingdom? His kingdom is the things that we invest our lives in. Are we investing our lives in God's kingdom? As Jesus prayed this prayer, it says, his kingdom come. It means, God, I want your your holiness. I want your life in my life. I want to live a way that is acceptable and, and foretelling of your kingdom. Paul said to live our lives in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus. His kingdom come. Are we investing in things that will build the unbreakable kingdom of God? Because there's, you know, the scripture verses this morning, I'm going to read them a little bit later, that talk about the fact that we can store up treasures here on earth or we can store up treasures in heaven. And it never ceases to amaze me 
if you ever tried to store something on this earth, right? You ever tried to put something in a tote or a container? You know, we had all this rain this last year, and it's like, you think, all oh, my stuff in the basement, it's all good. It's in totes. And then you go down there, and every tote's got a hole in it. It's like, geez, this is great. <laughs> you know, and now everything's wet. And Like, have you ever tried to store something, keep something on the face of this earth? Even if you, it could be brand new, never take it out of the package, never use it. Put it on the shelf and think it's good. And come back 30 years later, and it's destroyed. It's like, well, this, was, this didn't last at all. Nothing on the face of this earth is forever. Nothing here lasts except for the love and the kingdom of God. And there's a verse, and we're going to read it today, that talks about that. It talks about storing things and treasures in heaven where moth and rust and dust and all those things and the mice can't destroy. What are we investing in things? Are we investing in the unbreakable kingdom of God? His kingdom come. And the third part we're going to talk about this morning is his will. Do we allow his purpose to weigh in on the decisions and directions of our life? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't say, as I would like it to be here on earth, let your will be done, right? It's not, okay, God, what I want meshed with what you think we should have. Let's do that. It says, no, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a lot of things we want, but God knows what we need. And so I think this prayer is set up in a way so that it allows us to take the spotlight off of us. We pray that prayer. We say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Our Father who is in heaven. God, it's not about me. You sit down, you have needs, and I know we have needs. We all have struggles. We all have pain. We all have trial. We have these situations that face us. But do we sit down at the beginning of the day and say, God, you're God. And no matter what I face today, you are still king. It doesn't have to sound exactly like this prayer. This is a model for us to pray. You sit down and say, God, you're the king of heaven. Jesus, you reign. And I sit down and I start my prayers every, every day. I sit down and I say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you are the king, that you are Lord. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross. He forgave me of my sins. Because even if I receive nothing else in my life, I have received the greatest gift of all. Even if I'm never healed from any weakness, if I never succeed financially, if I never have the things that I think I want, I've got Jesus, and so I've got it. And so I say, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your son. Thank you for what you've done. Help me to invest in your kingdom, to show other people the way to you. And Lord Jesus, I ask above all else, above my desires, above the things that I want in my life, I ask that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if there's anyone, God, that I'm holding sin against, I ask that you would show that to me, that I would forgive them. Forgive me of the sins that I have, I have done in my own life and the mistakes that I have made. And God, I ask that you would heal those in my life that need healing. And these are what the prayers look like. You see the process of this? It gets us off of us and onto him and onto his purpose. And it doesn't matter how rough of day I'm having or how much struggle I'm having. If I get through that prayer, all of a sudden at the end of it, I think, yeah, you know what? It's really not about me anymore, is it? It really is about his purpose and his life. And there's an order to things. And there's a balance. And I think this balance is important. It's the beginning of a real follow, a life that follows after Jesus. His person, his kingdom, and his will. There's a reason to the order of this prayer, just like there needs to be an order to our lives. You know, like I talked about Aaron, he loves that the fishing gear and he has it all in order and, and, and it's neat and it's perfect. And there's a reason for that. So that when he needs it, he knows where it is. And it's important in our own lives that we have the order right, that we have God first. Because this way, when we face our struggles, we face our challenges, we know where he is. 
We don't have to dig through the rummage case and look for that dusty Bible and crack it out and, and come to God with a list of wants and a list of needs and desires. We can sit down with the God that we love, who's an active part of our lives, and we can come to him and say, God's your father, your king, you saved me, you rescued my soul, you've given me everything I ever want and everything I ever need. But Jesus, I need you to come through in my life. As I knelt down with my family the other morning over Isaiah, that's why I told them, I said, God, they don't have the answers. And his foot hurts and he's in pain and I want to see this. But you died on the cross for us, you gave us, we put him in your hands. And God, we know that your word says he can be healed. And so we proclaim it over his life today. And we ask for it. Now, does God do these big, miraculous healings every single time I pray? No. I've prayed for a lot of miracles in my life, and they don't all necessarily come through. But I've also prayed for some, and he's definitely come through. And that's where his will is. At the end of the prayers, I always say, God, not my will, but yours be done. Your kingdom, your will, your purpose, your plans be done in my life. Because he knows best. There's a reason to the order of this prayer, just like there needs to be an order to our lives. And the first thing is we need Jesus first. You've heard me say it before, and I'm going to say it again. It begins with Jesus, and it ends with Jesus. At the end of your days, right, no matter what happens, at the beginning of your days, you're here because God wants you here. Because before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He had a plan and a purpose for your life, and he created you beautiful and perfect in every single way. And at the end of your days, that same God that created you before your mother even knew you existed, before your mom even existed, that same God is going to be the one that you're going to stand before at the end of your days. And he's going to be all that you're going to be able to cling to. Money won't help. Success won't help. Jobs won't help. Position in life won't help. But a love for Jesus will ensure your faith. There's an order to things. There's a balance to life. We need Jesus first. My question to us this morning is, what are we investing our lives in? So the first thing is this person. We need Jesus first. The second thing is his kingdom. What are we investing our lives in? So often we work and dream and strive, and one day we succeed, but it's limited to this world and this life. No amount of money or success, Instagram followers, Facebook friends, or notoriety can comfort in hell. Do you know that? There's nothing. Nothing on the face of this earth that you can take that will comfort you in hell. But there's one thing you can take with you that will ensure that you can enter heaven, and that's to accept Jesus into your life and have him as your king, have him as your Lord, and live a life that's sold out for him. It's not just about being in a church service and raising your hand and, and saying a prayer and thinking, okay, God, got that box checked. Woo, done. My wife loves checks lists, okay? And she's phenomenal. She gets so much done uh, in her life. It's amazing. But she loves checklists. It's like her favorite thing. She's like, I feel so good when I get to check that off the list. And unfortunately, with the kingdom of God, it just doesn't work that way. You can't check Jesus off your list. And say, go. I remember I was six years old. I said, yes, I got baptized. Check. Now I can do whatever I want. That's not the way it works. That's not the order to our lives. We have to keep them first every day. Take up our cross daily and follow after him to give our lives to him. There's no amount of work and, and nothing we can dream or strive for. No money, no success, no Instagram followers, no Facebook friends that can comfort us in hell. We need Jesus in our lives. We need to be investing in his kingdom, to be generous to his people, to be generous to his cause, and to live a life that follows after him, whatever that looks like for you. If it's serving in a church, if it's loving on those who live around you, neighbors, and, and as much as you can, spreading the love of Jesus with them. That's being about your father's business. That's investing in his kingdom. Because his kingdom is us. 
Did you know that? His kingdom is us. He wills that none should perish, that all would have everlasting life. You want to invest in God's kingdom? Invest in people and spread the love of Jesus to them. Tell them about the price he paid on the cross. Tell them about the things that he's done, and you will invest in the kingdom of God. Put your money into those kind of things. It's okay to put your money into other things too. It's good. God gave us that for the purpose to live and to move forward. But God also wants us to be generous. And I think we'll find our true fulfillment when, in our finances, specifically when we do that, when we invest in God's kingdom, when we're generous towards those things. God starts to put pieces in our lives that weren't there before. Corey kind of talked about it in her offering message this morning. When we have a heart for God, when we invest in his kingdom, it's hard at first because it's like, oh, I can't give that up. That's, you know, that's, that's 10% of my wages. That's a considerable amount of money or 2% or 5% or whatever it is. It's like, this is a struggle for me. And we think, well, how am I going to make this up? My paychecks are the exact same every single week, right? You know, this is what it is. <laughs> but all of a sudden, God gives you opportunity. All of a sudden, the IRS sends you a check in the mail, which the IRS doesn't really like to do. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> And God starts to put pieces in our lives that weren't there before. And opportunities come when we invest in his kingdom. But if you really want to invest in God's kingdom, invest in people that is God's kingdom. And spread the love of Jesus with them. And his will. When we dream, is God's plans and purposes at the center of our dreams? What does it look like to have God's will in our life? When you lay in bed at night, what do you dream about? Do you dream, lay in bed and think, oh man, I just can't wait to be a professional NFL player. It's going to be so good. This is what I dream about at night. No. And it's okay to have those dreams, but in the midst of that dream, are you dreaming to be a professional NFL player so that you can have a, a, a stool to stand on to proclaim the good news of Jesus? Are you dreaming to be a professional NFL player so you can do whatever you want because you've got all the money to do whatever you want with? Or because you want to be notarized in that way you want people to look up to you in that way and it's okay to to have people to look up to you we should all be role models and leaders and and i think that christians number one should be the best at everything that they do that's why here at, at faith christian church we strive to be the best at all we do everything we put our efforts into we want to be the best at we want to be the friendliest church on the block we want to invest in people of all ages we don't want to just specialize in one area we want to love on all people i want to dedicate babies i want to marry young people and i want to send people to jesus and and hand them off to the next kingdom through their funeral i love those moments there's nothing like holding a fresh baby and there's nothing like ushering somebody who loves god into his arms nothing and these are what we want to be about as a church and we want to be the best at it we want to be the friendliest church. We want to have the best coffee. The best. Although I did specify the regulation this morning as I was talking with uh, Ryan, who's one of our worship leaders. I said, I don't think you're a true, this is Pastor Aaron and I's belief. You're not a true coffee drinker if you can't drink a bad cup of coffee. You have to be able to drink the bad cup of coffee and the good cup of coffee. Now, there's some coffee that's just bad and shouldn't be drank by anyone. Mm. <laughs> All right. But you should be able to drink, you know, Maxwell Householders, just a, just a cup of coffee. You can like the Starbucks, but you've got to drink real stuff too. <laughs> right? We want to be the best at what we do. We want to have the best worship. We want to lift up the name of Jesus. Everybody's got a different style of worship, but the style that we choose, we want to be the best. We want to get loud for Jesus. We want to make noise. When we do videos, we want them to be the best videos that we can do because we want to bring glory to God's name in it. 
because we want it to impact people, because we want people to see the love of God in the graphics and the videos that we do, and we want it to draw their attention, to pull them in. We want to have the best website that we can. We're probably not so concerned about chairs and buildings, but because, hey, we'll suffer through. We've got to have some persecution in our life, right? It's okay. <laughs> but we want to be the best at what we do because we want to have his will, his purpose, and we want to invest in his kingdom. And so when you dream, is God's plan and purpose at the center of your dreams? You know, I hear a lot of people talking. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about Jess and I. You know, we've kind of, we, we lived, uh, I'm from Marshfield, Wisconsin area, or actually Chile, Wisconsin, if you know where that is. Woo! It's like 16 people there. Uh, it's unincorporated, which means there's not enough people to bother counting. So that's where I went. I remember the elementary school I went to had kindergarten, first grade, second grade. That was it. It was part of the Marshfield School District. Uh, and right across the road was the Case IH uh, implement dealer. And then the fence for the playground on the other side of it was a giant herd of Angus beef. So multiple times on multiple occasions, recess got canceled because the beef were out. So, <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, and then all the farm kids went out and got the beef back in. It's like, all right, everybody, get them over the fence, you know. <laughs> And so that, you know, I grew up in a small town, and, and so we, I lived there and, and grew up there, and, and I met my wife, and we lived in Marshfield, and I served at a church and, and worked a job there, and, and then we, we felt called to move to a church in Texas, and I took on a full-time worship and youth pastor position, and so we lived in Delhart, Texas uh, for just about two years. If you ever want to go to Texas, go there. It's hot. It's dry. People are as nice as ever. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, but then we lived there for two years, and then we, we moved back. But there's something I want to tell you. We moved back, and we were here as a part of Faith Christian Church, and, and I worked full-time and served, and then we you know, got in and started planning the Reesburg campus and moved forward, and the rest is history. But there's something about that process I want to talk about this morning. And I hear a lot of people, I have a lot of young people come to me and say, well, I feel God's calling me in this direction to do this thing. And I don't know if God's telling me to do it or not or if it's just me. And a lot of people, when they, they move for jobs, they, they move for all of these other things, and that's okay. It's okay to move for things. But here's something that we've used as a staple in our life, is I've never moved just for a job. I've moved for the church first, knowing that God will provide the job, because I want to be about his kingdom. I want to be about his business. I want to attend and be a part of the things that he's doing. And I know that God's going to take care of the rest of it. You know, and so, so many times we, we, I hear of young people all the time, they, they move and they get in this area, it's like, well, we just haven't, haven't found a church. We're just struggling to find a church. And it's like, well, obviously get plugged in somewhere. But sometimes I think before we jump to these conclusions, we need to understand something. No matter what we do, God wants to bless us. He wants to take care of us and he wants to prosper us. But a lot of times I think what we forget to weigh in that decision is the fact that God wants us to be about his kingdom and about his will. And so we need to have that in line and, and it, it, they both, they go hand in hand. I'm not telling you to only make your decisions in life based on what church you're going to or where you're going to be at, you know, those things. But what I'm telling you is to weigh them in. There's a balance to life. Take it into consideration of the things that you do. Think about the impact of picking your family up out of a growing, healthy church and moving to a place where maybe they don't have that. Because it's important to be invested in the kingdom of God. It's important to have that weigh in on the decisions that you make and the direction that you go. Because it matters what we invest our lives in. God wants to grow us, wants to prosper us here on the face of this earth. But he also wants us to store up treasures in heaven where nothing can steal or destroy, where nothing can be pulled away. When we dream, is God's plan and purpose at the center of our lives, at the center of our dreams? So out of all of these three things, what does it look like to get this right? 
What does it look like to get the order of our lives right, to have the balance right? And it basically boils down to this. It's our fruit. It's the fruit of your life. And Paul talks about it. You'll know my people. You'll know God's people by their fruit. And there's a fruit to this. There's a growth that happens, and I love it. One of the great things, and we were talking about it in a staff meeting this last week as we kind of looked back at December and all of the families we've had come through. And uh, we've been doing the building project in Mauston for the uh, kids' wing. Actually, all I think every single construction worker and contractor uh, that's worked on the building since it started has attended one of our church services. Uh, so that's been really fun to get to watch and see um, all, of the, all of the Holtz Builders guys come through and some of the Gray's electricians guys, and it's like, hey, because they, you know, they clean up, and it's like, hey, I put on a hard hat. I think I know you. <laughs> it's like, I know, I know this guy, and he comes in the door, and it's been really fun to get to watch and see as all of these families have been impacted. But one of the great things that, that I love about Faith Christian Church that we've got to watch and see is we've got to watch entire families come to church, entire families get invested in church that, that maybe weren't before because they didn't have a place to go, they didn't have a place to be, and, and that's what we want to be. We, want, we don't want people from other churches. We want to be a home for people who don't have a church. We want them to come and be a part of this and see all of these things that are happening. And so we get to see the fruit of God's work through families and, and through generations, and we get to watch grandpa sit with the grandkids, sit with his kids in church service and watch their grandkids and their aunts and uncles serve and be a part. And this is what fruit of the kingdom of God looks like. And it's not just about church. It's about young people raising their hands in services. We did a kid's baptism about six months ago in our Mawson service. We baptized 12 kids under the age of 10 who are saying, you know what, I want to proclaim my faith to God. I want to get wet for Jesus. And that is exciting to me. That is the fruit, the byproduct of having your life in order, of putting his kingdom and his purpose first and his will first in our lives. To say Jesus is number one in my life. I want to be about his kingdom and I want to be about his will. When you get that balance, you get that order right in your life, this is what it looks like. It's fruit and it can be seen and it grows and more things come of it, right? The reason that trees grow, like an apple tree, for instance, the reason it grows and drops its apples and, and feeds animals is so that there's seed in there so it can plant more trees so that there can be more apples and more apples and 50 and 170 fold, the word of God tells us, as we sow, sow our seed, we'll see it grown. If we get the order right, the balance right, we see the fruit of it in our lives. And it's pers it comes in three areas, I believe. It comes personally for us. We see the growth personally for us. Our attitudes begin to change. Maybe we were kind of grumpy before and we got Jesus and we're not so grumpy anymore, right? Maybe we were an alcoholic and God's delivered us from that. Maybe we're addicted to drugs and God's delivered us from that. Maybe we struggled with adultery and lust and all of these things and sinful desires and God's delivered us from that. It looks like fruit personally for us. We've accepted Jesus. He's changed my life. He's changed my heart. He's changed my soul. I want to hoard all my money to myself, and now I want to give it to every person I see. Pastor Paul and I were just talking about a, a man who owns a flooring company, and the reason we didn't come to him about our new building is like he'd, he'd give us so much flooring, we'd end up owning this business by the end of it. He'd just give it to us. It's like he's got his family managing his checkbook because he's like, man, if I had it, I'd just give it away. Like somebody need a car, I'd go buy him a new car. It's like it's good to be generous, but... It helps if you can continue to be generous. You know, if you just give it all away, you can't, you can't continue to help people. But we see it in our lives. We see it personally. We see the fruit of it, right? We see God moving it forward. So we see it personally. We see it in our families. 
when we sit in church and we can look down and see all of the next generations of our family together, worshiping, praising God and listening to his word. It's in our families. It's personally, it's in our lives. It's in our job and in our business. It's in what we do. We literally see it. It's like a dye that gets injected into our lives and it moves through all the veins of everything we do. When we get it right, when we accept Jesus, when we start to follow him and we start to live a life that's sold out for him, we see the fruit in our lives. We see the progress move. The things that started here begin to affect everything around us. The way we treat our kids, the way we love our spouse, the way we work and the way that we serve and the church that we go to and the way that we're invested we see the fruit when we know who Jesus is, when we invest in his kingdom, and when we're concerned about his will for our lives. This is what it looks like when we get it right. Remember, it starts at the root. What are you feeding your life with? What are you feeding it with? It starts at the root, and that's why we're talking about roots this morning. It starts at that resolution. You have to resolve in your heart. And that's why I struggle so much with resolutions because people make resolutions, but what they really make is they, they make statements. They don't make a true resolution because if you resolve it in your heart, no matter wind, high water, or the waves that come, you will not be moved and you will not be shaken by the desires that God has given you to follow his kingdom, to follow his will. What are you feeding in your life? It starts at the root. It starts at the things in our life that we're putting into it. So what are you putting into it? Are we, we, what are we feeding our lives? Is it just work, money, good times? Or is it the word of God and prayer and giving and service and sacrifice and love and obedience? When we get the balance right, when our roots are strong, when we can take ordinary things and use them to produce kingdom products, ordinary things, because that's all we have to deal with. We've got the Spirit of God in our lives, and that Spirit allows us to take ordinary things, simple things. Maybe it's a field of corn, and find a way through proper growth and proper raising and proper work to grow that up and to use that in a way that can glorify the kingdom of God. Maybe it's as simple as allowing a kid who's never seen a field of corn to come to your farm and walk through and feel for the very first time what a stock feels like. We've had people in our church who've had that. Autistic kids. We have a, a friend of ours who's a part of a church and, and he mentors autistic kids and he's taken them out to a, a member of our Reedsburg's farm and just got to see cows for the first time. And it made his day. And you get to talk about the kingdom of God with him and invest in love on him. That's what it looks like to take an ordinary product, an ordinary thing in this earth, use the spirit of God to produce kingdom products. Maybe you stand in a factory line doing the same thing over and over and over and over. But you get to have a conversation with the guy on the other side who's doing the same thing over and over and over. And one day they have a bad day. You get to talk to them about church. Man, I go to this amazing community. You know, maybe they're young and it's like, you're looking for a spouse? You, should, you, know, you shouldn't come to church for that purpose, but we have some pretty good potentials. <laughs> and you get to take ordinary things and use them for kingdom things. What are you investing in your life? What are you causing to cause your plant to grow? What fruit are you seeing in your life? When we get the balance right, when our roots are strong, we can take ordinary things and use them to produce kingdom products. If money, be generous. 
if work and skills, be helpful. Help those who don't know. Go over and fix a friend's toilet for him. Get it so he flushes the way it's supposed to, right? If you got that skill, use that skill. I got that skill. I've used that skill before. I don't always stand on a stage and, and preach the gospel. I want to do that 10% of the time. And 90% of the time, I want to be able to sit down face to face and just love my neighbor. He comes over to me and says, man, can you store this in your shed? I'll pay you. Sure, bring it in. You don't owe me a thing. I mean, I'll come back on the favor later, but you don't owe me any money right now. <laughs> yeah. But be a neighbor. Drop some fudge off at Christmas time. Just say, hey, we wanted to wish you Merry Christmas. And God loves you. If money, be generous. If work and skills, be helpful. If you are great at loving on people, if you love people genuinely, be hospitable. Hang out with them. Encourage them. Speak the love of God over their life. Talk to as many people as you can. There are some people who just love to talk to people. Use it. God's given you that gift. Not everybody likes to talk to people. <laughs> but use it for his kingdom. If wisdom, guide others in their walk with God. Help them. Don't shove it down their throat, but offer some guidance. Maybe you've lived a little bit more life than the other person sitting next to you. Offer some guidance and use it for the kingdom of God. The word, prayer, and church are the fertilizer that will allow our lives to grow deep in God. These are the things. And as we do those correctly, we'll see those fruits that I talked about come out of our lives. I want to read to you this morning. It's not going to be up on the screen, and I'm going to hit a few things here and. Matthew 5. This is how we're going to end the message this morning. So you take a moment. Will you stand with me as I go over this? We read the Lord's Prayer this morning out of Matthew 6. It started in verse 9. And I think that it's really important for us at times to understand where in the Bible these things happen. And so Matthew 5 is the chapter that happened just before the Lord's Prayer. And I think that God kind of laid this out for us so we could get the order right, so that he could see the fruits in our lives. And the chapter before it is actually the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm not going to read you the whole sermon, but I'm going to hit you the highlights. Because as I was sitting there looking at my Bible uh, this morning and, and last night as I was preparing for this message, I noticed something, all the titles. The first title, for instance, is in chapter 5 is Salt and Light. The second is Christ Came to Fulfill the Law. The third is Anger. And he deals with lust. He deals with divorce, oaths, retaliation, love your enemies, give to the needy. And he ends it with the Lord's Prayer. So if we can get these other things in line, if we can put God first. And I want to read to you a couple pieces of it. It says, and salt and light says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost his taste, what he's talking about is the fruit of getting these things right, the order in our lives. So you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So Christ came to fulfill the law. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not a dot, not a word will pass from the law until all is accomplished. And if you're angry, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. Whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And then lust. You have heard that it is said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Divorce. It was also said whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, 
that everyone that divorces his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery. And then he talks about oaths, and he said, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. And retaliation, you have not heard, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. And then last thing, or second thing, next thing he talks about is love your enemies. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. And then the last thing he talks about is he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward for your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, but that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that you have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And then chapter 6, verse 9, he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and give us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If we get the order right, if we get it right, we can love people who don't love us. And that's what I love about that passage before that and then that passage in particular. Because if we get it right, we can love those who don't love us. We can be generous to those who don't deserve it, and it doesn't have to be seen. You see, what that's talking about is the fruit of having these things right in our lives. It's personally, it's in our families, and it's in our jobs and our businesses and all of these things. We see the fruit of God. We see it come through. If we get the order and the balance right, we see it come through. And here's the best thing. I want to tell you this news this morning if you don't already know it. No matter the mistakes we've made, no matter the struggles or the shortfalls we've had, God has forgiven every single one of us. I said it in the beginning. It begins with Jesus, and it ends with Jesus. So even despite all of our shortcomings, all of our falls, all of the things that we may fall short every day, at the end of the day, he is in heaven. His kingdom reigns. His will be done. And in the midst of all that, we begin to say, God, forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. Forgive me. I know I'm going to struggle. I know I'm going to fall. I know I'm going to come short. But in all of it, Jesus, may your mercy, may your mercy reign in my life. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you for your kingdom. I thank you for your plan and your purpose for all of us. Lord, I thank you that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that you sit on the throne and that Jesus sits at your right hand. And Lord, I thank you that you sent your son so many years ago to die on a cross, to give his life. And that if we would accept him in our lives, we too would be forgiven. And Lord, I ask that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, that you would forgive us of anything that we've done wrong. And any struggle and trial that we may face, God, I ask that you would bring us through it. And that we would produce products of your kingdom on the other side. And if you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed and, and you're here today and maybe you need to get it right, you need to reset the order in your life and you need to say, I need Jesus first. 
If that's you here today, would you take a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed and raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Ken. I want to get it right. I want to put Jesus first. If that's you here this morning, raise your hand today. We want to pray with you. Thank you. And Lord, I pray for all of us together, God, I ask that we would get the order of our lives correct, that we would put you first, that we would be about our Father's business just as Jesus was about his Father's business. And God, no matter what we face in our lives, we ask that your will would be done. Despite our desires, despite our wants, we ask that your kingdom would come, your will would be done. And Lord, that you would forgive us of the struggles and the sins that we would come and shortcoming to, Jesus. We ask that you would forgive us. And I ask that you would just bless each and every person here in this place, bless everything that they do, shaken down, pressed together and overflowing. And God, at the end of the day, let us produce kingdom products in all that we do. And we thank you for it. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Faith Christian Church. Go have a great week. If you have uh, prayer requests for anything or needs, we will have ministers up front who'd love to pray with you.